Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out fivereasonsports.com. All of our content that, of course, includes our other podcasts in addition to Five on the Floor, Three Yards Per Carry, Five Rings Cane, Shula Bowl Podcast, Balls Cast, Light Skinned Opinions, Fantasy on Five, and more. Also, our YouTube channel is there. We just introduced four new YouTube shows, including a baseball show called Loaded Bases and a new soccer show called 90 Minutes Strong. So both of those will be on the YouTube channel in addition to all the Five on the Floor stuff and all of our merchandise. That's right, the Tua shirts. We've now got five different Tua shirts. You can also pick up any of our Heat shirts, including the Bucket Brothers shirt, and there's going to be a new Tyler Hero shirt. So you got to check that out. That's going to be out in the next week. So go to the website, 10% off for the entire month when you spend 30 dollars or more also want to tell you about one of the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network and that is keystone chiropractic and neuroplasticity that's dr jonathan chung who follows a lot of stuff on the network you should follow him on twitter at dr jonathan chung they're focused on low force spinal adjustments and brain-based rehabilitation they get great results with post-concussion syndrome dizziness and vertigo headaches and chronic neck and back pain you know a lot of chiropractors and therapists want to see you three times a week for months but keystone has a treatment philosophy of doing just enough to get you back to a normal life again. And during COVID, not everybody wants to go into a doctor's office. They're offering virtual rehab visits using video conferencing to assess and prescribe effective treatment protocols. If you mention five reasons, you'll get a free 15-minute video or phone consultation and also 50% off your first virtual rehab session. Research shows that patients getting a supervised telemedicine rehab program can be just as effectively treated as in an in-person visit for many pain conditions. So again, the website is chiropractickeystone.com. That's chiropractickeystone.com. The social media at Dr. Jonathan Chung. And now, today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. ALF954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back. Make sure to check out our other episodes from this week. We went through the best duos in the NBA with Alphonse Sidney and Brady Hawk. And also we went through, and this is kind of a precursor to this episode, the five people on the Heat with the most at stake coming into this, uh, I guess, renewed season. And not a lot of surprise with our top three, but a, a couple of people on Twitter did mention that our, our last two, they would have went with some other people. So make sure you check that out as we start to pump out more Heat episodes. Also the debut of our streaming show, Floors Yours, Thursday night at 8 p.m. on Twitter and YouTube. But today I'm joined by NBA TV host and also sideline reporter for TNT, Jared Greenberg. Jared, appreciate you doing this. Ethan, it is a pleasure. Haven't spoken to you in quite a while. I'm happy to be on with you, and I love what you guys are doing. I just want the Tyler Hero t-shirt. How do I get one of those? Well, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. Tyler's had an interesting offseason. Yes, know. he has. <laughs> as, you, <laughs> as, as you may be 
have followed. Um, yeah. And not just that he appeared in Miramar at a Black Lives Matter protest, but also um, he's found a certain IG model to spend some time mm-hmm. with. And uh, when everyone asks her if you know she has, I guess, premium content, he says it's on my camera roll. That was on IG yeah. uh, earlier today. So Tyler is enjoying life as he should as, as a 20-year-old uh, suddenly rich man in the NBA. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the, break, the quarantine has been productive for some. <laughs> Yes. Been more productive for others. Uh, and he, he's, he's, he's one of them. I will just say that the, the four-letter word uh, that's going to be on this shirt starts with a D and ends in a P. And uh, it's something that Tyler talks about related to himself quite a bit. So that, okay. that's going to be on there in the next few days. I'm not allowed to say Perfect. more. But, J- Jared, we'll send you one. If, I'll tell Go you ahead. what. If you can find a way, if you can find a way to get it on NBA TV, I will send you more than one. Okay. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm still working on Boris Sanchez from CNN to wear the Tua shirts he bought from us. Um, when, he's, when he's standing outside the White House watching the protests, I want him in one of those Tua 2020 shirts. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> uh, he, he's promised. We're going to have Boris yeah. on the pod here soon. But we've got Jared today. And what we're doing today is this kind of an extension of that episode we did on the Heat the other day yeah. uh, with my guys, which is the five people in the NBA who have the most at stake. And you have not told me your list. I gave you about five minutes to compile this. We're going to go yeah. five, five through one, five okay. through one. And this could be anybody in the NBA, could be anybody, you know, anybody that has anything at stake. Um, so it doesn't have to be a player. Jared, yeah. I should, should have probably mentioned that. It doesn't have to be a player. It could be a coach. It could be the commissioner. It could be anybody. But uh, who, in your view, is number five, the, the, the fifth person here with the most at stake as the NBA resumes supposedly July 31st? Well, can I, can I just do this? Because you said that you said the commissioner. So let, let, let's just can we just throw him into this? Yes. I didn't put him in my list. But but what 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 is about to happen here? Right. Because, you know, typically I would imagine, you know, if this was any other year and you and I were doing this, it would just be basketball related. Right. Like who's got the pressure to be looked at as a failure or who has the opportunity to succeed or who might be traded or who might be fired. Right. Like, so th- there's a little different things at stake here than just winning and losing right now. Right. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think when, when you look at any other circumstance where you weren't dealing with COVID social unrest in the country, right. <laughs> I, yeah. I, 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 th- I think, I think we would just say, okay, LeBron and who are the other four? Uh, right. That's, that's pretty much what you would do. But this commissioner has put himself at the forefront from a sports perspective from the very beginning. I mean, part of this, Jared, of course, was his games were going on. The NFLs were not. And, you know, I know you were covering it. I was at a Heat Charlotte game, you know, watching the Heat blow a 30-point lead when, you know, the Gobert stuff happened and turning to ushers and ushers saying to me, we'll see you next year. And it turns out that's probably ended up being true, at least for the ushers. And so, yeah, I mean, he, he was thrust into the middle of this. He had to make quick decisions probably save lives in the way that he handled it. And now we're, he has said repeatedly that he wants to be at the forefront of providing entertainment again to people. Um, I, I will say that I, I feel like the, the narrative has shifted here a little bit, at least with the league, uh, because all the talk was about COVID before. And then obviously, you know, the public attention has shifted to what is the number one story now, uh, number one news story. And, and so I, am I wrong to say, Jared, that maybe – I don't know. Silver hasn't focused on the COVID part, at least publicly, as much as maybe we were talking about three, four weeks ago. Or, or is that just uh, that this every, yeah. other things have kind of interceded? 
Yeah, I, I, I think other things have interceded. You know, um, John Hollinger wrote wrote an interesting piece the other day in, uh, in the Athletic about you know how how the NBA was pushing all you know all of this data that was needed before we got there, and we haven't necessarily heard about that. I, I would caution by saying this: I think Adam Silver and the NBA understand what's at stake. You know, bringing back to the conversation we're having here for you know how this could this could spiral or have a domino effect into years to come if they blow this opportunity right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh because you know as, as we all know from, from a health standpoint and listen you and i are not doctors and i'm not trying to preach like i am one but the basic information that we understand is that if we are stupid about how we handle this we could be dealing with another covid situation in the next few months or years mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um while I would say it hasn't been at the forefront, I I would guarantee you it is still um, among the, the the top conversations among the league officials on how to handle this and how to make sure we're going about this right. Now, with all that said, that doesn't mean that it won't have hurdles or hiccups or or there won't be issues. So, so that's for me. I'm not going to include Adam Silver in my top five, but I would mm -hmm. say you know if we have like an umbrella overarching conversation here, I mean. The whole thing is about him because without, without, and I'm not trying to make him bigger than he is, but without Adam Silver making the decisions he's made in the last three months and then within the last couple of weeks, we wouldn't even have this list to talk about because there would be no basketball to be played. No, true. That's true, Jared. And, and like you mentioned, I mean, we, we could be dealing with another COVID situation. And also uh, there's going to come a point here where somebody's going to test positive, now, no matter how yeah. careful they are. I mean, the reality is, you know, the projections are there are a lot of asymptomatic people out there right now. I mean, who knows? You and I could be two of them. I, I mean, exactly, I haven't yeah. tested. Um, and so we don't really know. So they can put they can put players in a bubble and they're going to test, obviously, and, and they're going to keep everybody there and they're going to make sure that, you know, there, there isn't that much family there and that, and that this thing is very sort of uh, – insulated but at the same time i mean somebody's going to test positive it's, it's just going to happen and when it happens you know they've pretty much indicated okay we're going to unlike last time we're not going to stop and and that is going to be a controversial decision um when some of that information starts to get out so he's going to have other things to deal with here um and then additionally now he has another sensitive topic to deal with that as we know the yeah. large majority of the, his players are black um, you know, I've talked to a bunch of agents. I'm sure you've spoken to people. There's going to be something coordinated here, um, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, like we saw with I Can't Breathe a few years ago. I remember being in Brooklyn when Jared Jack and LeBron were together and, and the T-shirts. Everybody's seen the iconic, you know, pictures of Kobe wearing the shirt and everything that happened a few years ago. And there's going to be something coordinated here. And I have said repeatedly on this pod that literally the only, the only sports organization in America that is capable of handling this uh, appropriately, respectfully, um, and making it a cause for good is the NBA. I, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's a single other one. I, it doesn't really affect the NHL. Let's be honest. Okay, it's 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 not their issue. Uh, Major League Baseball doesn't seem to handle anything appropriately, and we know where the NFL is. So, <laughs> you know, when when Adam Silver speaks on this these topics, people actually take it seriously. When Roger Goodell speaks on these topics people roll their eyes. And I just, so I do think Adam has credibility there, but this is going to have to be handled in interesting. I mean, Matt Barnes, uh, I think came out and said that a bunch of players in the Clippers and Lakers aren't even, you know, short basketball is the priority right now with everything that's going on. Right. It's going to be something else that he, he has two huge, huge, huge things that affect his membership directly. Yeah. Uh, 
that he's got to handle. So I do, I do think before we move on to the players, it is appropriate to talk about. Yeah, and, and you mentioned something interesting there. Um, and, and, and I'm not reporting this. I have not necessarily heard this, but I think it's, it's something to think about whether we're talking about uh, the, the racial tensions in this country and the social unrest, or we're talking about COVID. Will there be a player? And, and I hate to put it in this context, but let, let's, call a spade a spade and, and, and be honest with ourselves here, a player of consequence mm-hmm. that says mm-hmm. for one reason or the other, equally important, I don't feel comfortable playing. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I've not heard any that. that well, which, which do that, you but. think that's interesting. Which do you think is the more likely reason? Because at first I thought it was COVID, but now I don't think it is. I, I feel like I mean, we, we saw, obviously Joe Inglis had those comments and then he came out, you know, cause I had Sam Amick on my pod and he said, Joe, Joe made the comments on Sam's pod that mm-hmm. he didn't, wasn't comfortable playing with COVID and then came out because it was an old story, you know, circumstances had changed in his view and he came out and said right. he would play. Um, I haven't heard anything about any players saying they won't play. I will tell you what agents have said to me is that some of their players don't love the plan. They, they right. don't, and that the plan was not fully shared with them at the beginning, obviously, because you've got to go through the protocols, make sure the teams, make sure the player representatives. So yep. not everybody in the membership is going to be okay with, but a lot of them are not happy with some of the things that I think some fans would call trivial, but that, I don't think the players are going to speak out about because it's going to look bad. And, you know, I, I don't think the players have looked bad. Unlike a lot of the major league baseball players. Right, yeah. looked bad. <laughs> uh, I, I think, right. So, so I, I don't think they're going to speak on it, but a lot of it has to do with who's allowed in the circle. A lot of it has to do with, you know, some of the restrictions on site. Uh, th- there's going to be some of that stuff. The players who have, you know, larger, for use, for lack of a better word, entourages. I'm not going to use the word that, that Phil Jackson used. Uh, that, 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 that have larger entourages. I, I think it's it's a little bit more uncomfortable for them because they're accustomed to having their trainers, their marketing people, their agents, and and sort of you know, and obviously their friends. I mean, whatever you want to you know you know around them. And I think it's more complicated for some of the stars. And I think they some of them may grumble about it, but I don't. I don't think it's something that's going to cause them not to play. Uh, the, the social unrest, however, if they felt the NBA was stifling them in some way, some of the players, I could see that being an issue. I just don't think the NBA will. And so, right. I, right so I, I think, and also, I, I think, too, by – and listen, I, I don't want to speak for anybody, mm-hmm. uh, especially I don't want to speak for any black players, but mm-hmm. – I, I would initially think, and maybe I've got this wrong, and, and uh, you know, I'm open to have a conversation about it, but I would think the platform of playing and, and, and the eyeballs that will be on yes. the NBA yes. will provide um, the voice. And, and, and you know, the NBA is not going to shy away from this, no. you know, not, not only allowing, and it, it, you don't even need to be allowed, but, but encouraging that that platform to be utilized you know mm-hmm. so so i don't know the, the one interesting thing that you said and not not to back away from from the social conversation but but the one about the about you talking about the entourages and, and things like that the one thing i i have heard and i bring this to two examples um all-star weekend and then i go also to the the rio olympics and they're two totally mm-hmm. different things but just hear me out on this real quick all-star weekend any all-star that makes the team is given a, a, a very nice hotel room in, in, in the what they call the team hotels. I don't, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I'll just say a lot of players never even collect the room key f- mm-hmm. for that hotel room. 
they go off and they either go get a suite uh, at a different hotel where they go rent a house or they go do something. I'm just curious here, particularly with the, I'm not all that familiar with Disney World, but, but I can't imagine, uh, you know, that there'll be enough hotel rooms that, that satisfy the luxury, the, the luxury, uh, luxurious level or the luxury level, I should say, of, of the standards of some players that they're just going to be like, nah, man, I don't, I don't want to be in this room, you know? <laughs> and, and, and then the other part right. of it is the, the, the Rio Olympics. Um, the, the NBA, uh, the NBA in conjunction with, with United States basketball put all the players on a cruise ship. And there were a lot of rules about who was allowed to enter and leave that cruise ship and when they were allowed to do so. Mm. That, that was just for safety reasons. Right. I, I'm just curious if they use those two examples of, of how they maintain and how you're going to tell some of the biggest stars, not just in our league, but in the country, that they can or can't stay in particular hotels or rent houses or mm. things like that. Well, I think I think there is justification for it this time because right. it's it's simply based on safety and not just safety of of security, but but right. literally health. I, yeah. I think I think there is justification. And the other thing that you know I, I think sometimes we forget is that not all these players are going to be there for that long. I mean, you know. Well, yeah, that's that, that's a really good point about it too. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's you know, it's it's going to dwindle down as we go. I mean, right. if, I mean, you're going to eliminate, you know, first you're going to eliminate six teams and then you know, within a couple of weeks, you're going to eliminate eight more. And so right. I, I feel like, you know, I mean, okay, so what are we talking about? Giannis and LeBron are going to have to hang out for a long time if things go according to, to form. All right. I mean, you know, and at that point, probably you have, you know, you feel more comfortable allowing, you know, not just Randy Mims in with LeBron, but Maverick and everybody else right. uh, that, that comes with him, uh, you know, and so I think certain accommodations will be made. Um, I think it's more so the guys, honestly, it's more so the guys kind of on the back end of the roster who aren't getting playing time, who are going to be kind of like, you know, if, if you're, you know, if you're one of the, it's, it's one thing to be on one of those finals runs when you're like, you know, for instance, like when, when the Heat were making those runs and they had, I don't know, you know, the, the, the guy at the very, very end of the bench, uh, you know, for four years going to the finals and you're not playing, it's one thing to do that when you're living in your own condo, okay, or whatever, but it's another thing to be stuck up at Disney World for two months and getting no PT. I, I mean, I could see some, some grumbling there, but I think overall most of the players kind of get it. I think that, you know, I think some of this was made easy for Adam because of the way that the CBA was written, that it's, okay, 25% of salaries are gone because that's, that's what it says. That's force majeure. That's in the contract. And right. it, unlike Major League Baseball where – Again, they're going to be negotiating between are we going to play four games or seven games before the playoffs uh, You know, pretty soon. I mean, it's already down to 50, right? So, I mean, I feel like at least the NBA, there's confidence playing. All right, so let's get to the players. Let's, let's get to the yeah, players. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. I, 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 mean, I think it's an important topic. Yeah. But who, who's, yeah. uh, who's number five? Who's number five right. for you? <clears throat> number five, this is a bit of a surprise for me. Uh, I didn't think I'd go this direction. But number five, in terms of what's at stake during this run here, I put Chris Paul in here. And maybe it's it, it, it's Chris Paul, but it's also incorporates anybody or any general manager or any team that may have an interest in trading for Chris Paul after this season. Because Chris Paul has done, I don't want to say a 180, but 
there has been such a, a, a revision of what we thought about Chris Paul in terms of injury plagued. Is he really truly the leader we he has been hyped up to be? What went down in both LA and then in Houston? You know, why couldn't he make it work? Why did they get rid of him? Uh, and then now all of a sudden, he's around all of these young players. And it's hard to say that any team in the NBA is a bigger surprise this season than the team that currently is in the five spot and could theoretically be up to the three spot by the time the playoffs start. And he's in, listen, I, I don't particularly have him on my ballot right now, but there's a lot of people that I know that are going to put Chris Paul among their top five for MVP candidates, wow. not because of the numbers he's put mm -hmm. up, but because of what he has meant to an organization that should be, that, that has no business after what they did this past summer being in the top eight, let alone potentially in the top four. Mm -hmm. So I think the future for Chris Paul, there could be a lot, and, and people are going to wonder about his legs with all this time off. And this is going to be a big theme here with, with all of these guys, right? Like, but, but, but ultimately, if Chris Paul can carry that momentum over from one of the most surprising regular seasons in the NBA over after a three-month layoff, and, and, and let's just say the, the, the Thunder advance out of the first round, and, and Chris Paul's at the head of it, which he would have to be for this team to do that. Right. I mean, you're, you're talking about organizations like the Knicks and others, maybe even your Miami Heat, that, that, that are going to say, hmm, Maybe it is worth giving up something of significance to take on that contract. And maybe the Thunder don't need to give away a first-round pick in order to dump his salary. Or, or, or maybe the Thunder say, screw it. He's, he's meant so much to us. We're, right. we're just going to ride this out. So I put Chris Paul at number five. That's a good one. And I think it may end up being the latter, Jared. Um, I, you know, again, before this season, you know, there were conversations between Miami and OKC. Obviously, OKC had conversations with a lot of other teams. I, I do think that you can make a case for what Chris Paul would mean to the Heat um, if it was not for the contract and if it was not for the fact that Miami's trying to get in on Giannis and Oladipo and Beal and, and all those other guys. I, I do think that we saw a lot of times at the end of games this year where having somebody like Chris Paul to settle Miami in those situations would have been a huge thing. Oh but I, but yeah. I do think with OKC, if you look at how young they are, it beyond, you know, obviously Adams is, I guess, 26, um, you know, and then and, but you look at, at Kid Gilchrist, you know, Schroeder's still young, but then you look at some of the other pieces they have in the rotation. They've got a bunch of guys between 19 and 22 that are playing right now, and then they have all of those draft picks. Right. I do think unless they just feel like the timetables don't match up. And so let's just get totally. Or they don't young, want to pay the money. And they don't want to pay the money and they want to clear it. But again, I, here's, I think OKC, to me, it's a little like Milwaukee, Cleveland, some of those cities. It's not easy to get somebody to go there. And so I, clearing cap space is different for a place like that than it is a place like right. Miami. In Miami, the right. cap, that's why what Miami did in 16 and 17 was so ridiculous and why I hammered them on it. Because all Miami has to do is get in the room. There's one of five or six places in the country, five or six NBA cities. You just get in the room, and they're one of them. And, you know, they took themselves out of the room because of Hassan Whiteside, Deion Waiters, Tyler Johnson, and James Johnson. I mean, I, you know, that's what they did. And now they'll never do that again. Like, they, they learned their lesson. It never should have happened the first time. And it's never happened before for them. So, but with OKC, are you going to – I mean, if you free up the space, who's going to take it? 
<laughs> you know, and and is well. Look, just remember though, for for a team that is okay living at the floor, yes. with all of these draft picks that you have to pay, and you know, mm-hmm. I don't have the math in front of me on this, but but you know, obviously, first round draft picks are cheaper than than all star veterans or or future Hall of Famers, no question. But that's going to add up. And eventually you're going to have to have the roster space and the ability right. to pay those guys. And, and listen, I, I'd imagine, you know, that, that Sam Presti will, will end up turning some of those. Uh, and, and maybe that, maybe that's the point too, is that, right. that he wants to save that money, you know, and, and OKC is in a, a very unusual place in terms of small, like they're not a small market. They no. are a tiny market. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and for them, um, you know, they, they drive so much on ticket sales as opposed to, you know, uh, TV revenue. Uh, but, but for them, they may utilize more than the Celtics have in the past to turn those, those draft picks into acquiring an all-star veteran. Because like you said, they won't be able to sign one, but who's right. to say they, they can't trade for one. Right. Well, it'd be great if they could trade for Victor Oladipo since he was with them. But, anyway, <laughs> yeah. but, but it, it is a challenge. I mean, they're looking at a build similar to their last one. And then ultimately we saw they didn't want to pay Harden. And I, you know, I wonder right. when some of these guys develop, if they will. All right. Who is number four? All right. Number four, I would imagine most people have, have him higher on their list. The reason why I don't have him higher is because I still feel like he's got a bit of a runway, although he's going to start to feel the heat if he doesn't succeed. This year. At number four, I've got Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's going to win an MVP for the second straight year. He may win Defensive Player of the Year. And and ultimately, after being the best team in the regular season for two straight years, you'd think this guy's got a lot more pressure on him. I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if somebody puts him, you know, at number three or number two on their list. But but ultimately, because he is so young, because he, he – and, and the people I talk to in Milwaukee, they legitimately with a straight face will look at you and tell you, that and have told me that they don't even think he's he's anywhere near his peak like mm-hmm. they think this guy's room to be better is enormous uh enormously high in terms of a ceiling um so so that's the only reason why i have him as low as i do on this list i i would understand that again if people would say hey, you're this two-time mvp you know it's it's about time you produce like any other player you know, like Steph Curry's winning back-to-back MVPs. He's getting to back-to-back NBA Finals. I, I, I get all that. And, and there'll be plenty of heat on him. But ultimately, I think the guys I have ahead of him have, have way more at stake. And I think the runway here for Giannis uh, allows him to, to, to get a, uh, you know, a uh, free pass here. I'm going to twist it just a little bit. I'm going to say that, and I know that this is totally unconventional. I, I think Chris Middleton has a lot at stake. And, and, and I'll, I'll put it to you for this reason the the Giannis thing in Milwaukee without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call click Granger.com or just stop by Granger. For the ones who get it done. Lucky to me, and I've been making this case for a while, is LeBron 2.0 for LeBron's first tenure in Cleveland. It's the same. Okay. It is Giannis is, and except for the fact that LeBron obviously came in with more hype and was more developed when he first came in right. by, by, a, by a good measure. And it was also playing close to his hometown. So I understand there are those differences. 
But you're talking about a guy who is now, you know, about the same point in his career in terms of years that LeBron was. He's playing in a market where, like we mentioned with OKC, it's very difficult to get a free agent to go to. Cleveland could never get anybody better to go there than what uh, – I mean, they didn't get anybody. They tried to get Bosch. They tried to get Stoudemire. Um, you know, the, the best players he played with were Mo Williams and Zildrina Sogalskis in the first term. Well, and, don't forget about Delonte West. Well, yes, Delonte West, of course. Right. And, 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 Bo- and Booby Gibson. I mean, there, there were, you know, there were, I mean, Booby Gibson was the second leading scorer during, during that run in 07. And, and he just got frustrated. I mean, for all the other things that happened up there, it, a lot of it was simply frustration. And so I think when you, you look at what's happened, uh, there, you know, I, I've, you know, Heat fans love this parallel because we know what Gian, what LeBron did, and they want Giannis to do the same thing, and he'll be roughly the same age. And if he doesn't win a title there, there may be the throw up your hands moment where it's not going to happen here. Now he doesn't get the heat that LeBron does because, you know, he didn't come in with a hype. He also, until this year, we started to do it some, including in a game against LeBron. Uh, you know, hasn't hyped himself up in any way and so he hasn't put himself out there his positive his image is much more positive than LeBron's was but I I think that the heat is on the rest of the Bucks I I think the heat is on you know I mean look when you know he's got a bunch of older veteran guys okay uh, Corver the Lopez's etc but they they let Malcolm Brogdon walk and I talked about this on last pod and I maybe they thought Brogdon's upside was limited I did too but we saw this year that wasn't really the case. And I just wonder, you know, if Chris Middleton does not prove to be – if he can't do during the playoffs what he's done during the regular season and elevate and become a true number two and when things shut down on Giannis, that could be fatal to the chances of Giannis staying long-term in Milwaukee. Because if Giannis looks around and is like, I got Chris, but, okay, I need someone else and I can't get that guy here then that's problematic, particularly with what Middleton's being paid. So I, I think the Bucks in general are on the spot. Um, I would put them about where you did, but I, th- I think it's the other guys that are more on the spot than Giannis is because if they don't perform, it's going to fall on Giannis. Yeah. But they have to do something. <clears throat> no, I, I, I think that's fair. And, and, you know, again, Milwaukee's in a unique spot here where you lead the league in wins in back-to-back years, and for some reason – they don't have the pressure of, of being the ultimate favorite. And, and maybe, maybe it always just falls back to the LeBron factor, which seems to be the easy answer for everything we talk about these days in the NBA, which is, which is fair, I think, in, in, in some aspects. But, but at the same time, um, you know, it's, at some point, the spotlight's going to be on Giannis. And that's why I put him on this list, and that's why I put him out there. Because at some point, you know, and listen, we, we could talk about the whole free agency aspect and, and will he want to bolt or is he going to be loyal and who's going to be after him, which is everybody. But, but I also think from, from a different type of conversation, Giannis winning a back-to-back MVP is going to be thrust into a different conversation outside of just, um, you know, where he's going to land in the future or where, if he's going to stay, it's, it's about him becoming uh, not only the best player in the NBA today, but but he goes into some rarefied air here by being a multiple MVP winner, right. and and the pressures. I've always talked about this. Like, you know, it's it's one thing to win one MVP. It's another to win a second, and then with the potential to win more. Like the, the pressures that come along with with being a multiple time MVP. And listen, it's not a bad thing. It, it it means that you're a great player. 
But like Steph Curry got started talking, people talked differently about Steph Curry after his second MVP than they did after his first MVP. And certainly after he didn't have any. And, and you know, remember, he was barely even an all-star. Um, so I, I just think the pressures of, of, of people looking at him as the guy who's going to take the quote-unquote crown from LeBron as the best player and challenge guys like Kawhi, um, I, I just think that type of conversation is going to come about if, if Giannis doesn't at least reach the NBA Finals this year. All right, let's get to number three before we go to the break. All right, number three, it's my, my first non-player. Mm-hmm. It is Brett Brown, head coach <laughs> of the one. Sixers. It's yeah. a good one, yeah. And, and, I, and I struggled in, in, in the 36 seconds you gave me to, to, to come up with all this. Um, I, I was going to put Embiid. Then I thought, well, if it's Embiid, then it's probably also Simmons. But no, ultimately it's on Brett Brown mm-hmm. because um, <clears throat> I, I reported on something um, a couple of weeks before the All-Star break <clears throat> that was a major shift. And I, I, don't, I don't know if this, you know, if people totally understand this happened. When, when Elton Brand got hired as general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers, the organization went out of its way to make sure the media behind the scenes knew that Elton Brand and Brett Brown were on equal ground. They both mm-hmm. equally reported to ownership, okay? So no one was anyone's boss when Elton Brand got hired. Something happened this season that shifted all of that. And I don't know the reason why they decided to change, but now there has been a shift in the organizational structure within the Sixers where Brett Brown reports directly to Elton Brand and Elton Brand is the one who reports directly to ownership. And Brett Brown has been empowered by everybody in that organization to do anything basketball wise to change things, which by the way, the timetables line up for when this shift happened and there shortly thereafter, that Brett Brown made the move of pulling Al Horford out of the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what I'm saying is that there are the, the I don't want to say the wheels are in motion, but I do want to say that the, 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 the system is in place that if a decision needs to be made, it's going to fall on Elton Brand to replace uh, Brett, Brown. Mm-hmm. Brett Brown. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen, but, but, before they go and do what a lot of people think is the popular move of, of either moving on from, from Embiid or Simmons, because by doing either one, you'll get a great haul in return. They're not going to separate what, what has the potential to be, and I'm not saying they're there yet, but the, the potential to be a super team at some point in terms of the all-star status, they're going to change the coach. They're not going to right. just dump one of those two and see them flourish somewhere else. They're going to try and get another head coach. And, and if Brett Brown can prove people wrong and Brett Brown can get this team to the Eastern Conference Finals, I would say he has a really good shot of keeping his job. Yeah, and I think what will be interesting here is whether the break was good for them. You know, they were kind of careening towards nowhere, particularly on the road, and then both guys got hurt again. And we have seen that they play better with one and not the other, but they don't play well without both, right? So I I think that the break, when I looked at the teams and Amic and I went over this, and to me, the teams that benefited most from the break, and he mentioned a few of these as well, the the Clippers, because they've been load managing and they don't have to do that now. Um, The the Blazers, because they got their front court back. 
or a lot of their front court back. And I think in the East, it's Indiana because the backcourt never really had a chance to develop, and it's also Philadelphia. Um, I do think the Heat benefited too because they, they were struggling a little before the break, and Myers right. Leonard was out, and he was a core piece for them this year in terms of what they were doing. But I, 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 I'm with you on Brett Brown. I almost feel like it's a lost cause with, for him there uh, I, for exactly the reason that you're saying because I, I think that they wanna, they're going to want to see – how those two guys look with a different coach. And, you know, we've seen this before where a guy kind of, you know, uh, steers a team through a rebuilding period. And then when they get closer is not the guy to take them there. And there are enough experienced coaches that are just sitting out there right now that might be worth a flyer. Right. Um, and so I, I think that, I think Brett Brown works again in the NBA as a head coach, but I don't know that it's going to work in Philly. I, I feel like it's, it's one of those things. He's, his voice has been there a long time and it's a voice that grates. And I, it, it reminds me a little of, you know, what, you know, and Stan acknowledged this, but a little of this for Stan, you know, Stan in some places, like it's just, you know, at a certain point, they're just tired of hearing your voice. And I feel like that's kind of happened in Philadelphia already. So I'll be curious to see where that goes, but I think Philadelphia in general is a good one. And actually, I, I would agree with you. I would pick, I would pick Brett Brown. And we're going to get to two and one here with Jared in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's Christopher's Bakery. You can find Christopher's Bakery at Nilla Wafer Cakes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's N-I-L-L-A Wafer Cakes. It's named after Courtney Harris. Courtney Harris appeared on our podcast. It's named after his brother who unfortunately died from a seizure at just 11 years old. So they've partnered with Miami Nicholas Children's Hospital and set up a fund where they donate a portion of the sales to epilepsy and neuroscience research since that's where Christopher spent much of his life. The signature product, I've had it. It's the vanilla wafer cake. It's delicious. It was created over 30 years ago, but they've got several other cake options available for shipping as well. They ship all across the country. And when COVID passes, they'll hand deliver here locally in South Florida. Here's the, the site you've got to check out, Christopher'sBakery.com. That's Christopher'sBakery.com backslash five reasons, spell it out, F-I-V-E reasons. And the code is five reasons, also spelled out for 15% off. So check it out, Christopher'sBakery.com backslash five reasons. Get the chocolate chips. I just It's my recommendation. They got several options on there, but again, the chocolate chips are terrific. And uh, the cake, I ate it in about a day and a half. My daughter finished the end of it. All right, let's get to number two and number one here. I mean, I, I know who one of the guys is going to be. I don't know if it's one yeah. or two for you. So, so who is two? James Harden. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think that, you know, it, it's put up or shut up time here. Um, and, and, man – the Rockets are not going to be an organization that shut up. You know that they'll, they'll, they'll have an excuse for, for why the Rockets don't <laughs> succeed here and they'll make sure everybody gets an email or a DM about it. Mm. Um, but you know, listen, I, I, I was a guy coming into this season um, saying that I felt like Westbrook and Harden, much like Chris Paul and Harden would find a way in the regular season to have success. Now, you can argue uh, being in the sixth seed as we enter, you know, Orlando at 40 and 24 is, is not all that much success, you know, but, but they are just like I talked about with OKC, they are flirting with the top three seed. They are real close to that. Uh, but, but the bottom line is none of that matters for, for, for James Harden and, and to a certain extent, Russell Westbrook too. Like you, you got to go win a playoff series. You, you got to go get deep into the playoffs. You can't keep on talking about trophies that you should have won or how you were snubbed or how you're the greatest offensive player of all time, unless you can get it done in the postseason. And 
you know, one of the big things with Harden and, 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 you know, you can put Russ in this category too. You can't take it away from them. These guys, obviously they play hard and they don't want to take regular season games off, right? Like they don't do the whole load management thing. They're against it. Uh, it's like pulling teeth to try and get these guys out of a lineup. So, so give them credit there. But then you can't use the argument as, as often has been that they run out of gas, you know, and, and we've seen some pictures on social media of how hard Harden has worked, you know, in this layoff and, and what he's done uh, to get himself in shape. But bottom line is, you know, this, this evolution that we're watching and what he has kind of created offensively and had to, you know, at times, you know, he's almost, yeah, I don't want to compare him to Shaq, but just in, in, in how I've talked to, to referees in the league about how Harden's up there with Shaq as some of the hardest guys they've ever had to officiate because you just you can't tell the difference between a travel and a legal play. You can't tell if he's drawing the contact or you can't tell if he got fouled or if it was clean, whatever it may be. Uh, bottom line is James Harden um, has been given a roster that they have touted as the perfect complement, not to Mike D'Antoni, not to Daryl Morey, because mm. none of this makes sense right. in terms of, uh, the analytics, you know, mm-hmm. that, that Daryl Morey has touted for years. This only makes sense for James Harden. So now it's time to go out there for James Harden and prove uh, with all this time off that he is fresh, he's ready to go, and he could go win big playoff games. And they're already making excuses for him. I saw Morey came out and said, I haven't put a team around him that's good enough yet. And uh, like I said, this is not the team they would have envisioned. I mean, I, right. Mike D'Antoni from Phoenix, I don't recognize the guy. I mean, what, what they're doing, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we went from, what, seven seconds or less to, you know, 23 seconds or more um, on the shot clock. It, it, the whole thing has changed. Um, I, I do think him getting in better shape. Sam Amick had a good point on the pod. He, he thought the only concern for him getting in better shape is that the one thing James did well defensively was defend in the post. And the, the, the Rockets have always kind of touted that when people have criticized right. his defense. Because of how strong he is, and I wonder if losing all that weight is going to hurt him, uh, if all of that weight was just strip club buffet weight anyway. I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see how he comes back to camp. But uh, I'm with you. But when I look at their roster, I, I just I don't see enough. I I don't see enough. I I mean, I'm it, there's some cute ideas that have been put together there, but right. you're going to need a big at some point. Yeah. And and, and they don't have one, and yeah. so I I just I don't know how far you can go with PJ Tucker at the five. I mean, it's, and I, it's, I feel bad for Tucker because I, yeah, I love him. I, I, I do is, too. I would love to have him the, on my team, yeah. but, but he's, yeah, he's one but of the he, best but, defenders. He's, he's, he's a great role player offensively. Mm-hmm. He just plays hard. And, and for this, you know, and, and listen, your, your, your audience is very educated. There, there's a reason why they're coming to listen to, to your podcast and read your content. It's because it's they understand basketball, sure. but I just want to throw this out there that, that there's this notion of, this is the small ball era. All people do is shoot threes. All right, well, fine. If, if that's the case, let, let's just throw this out there. I'm just going to go down the Western Conference standings and name the bigs that P.J. Tucker is going to have to go up against, okay? And it's, you know, listen, it's, it's not Patrick Ewing and David Robinson and Keenan Olajuwon, but it's still the playoffs where you're getting a day off between games. You're getting a game plan, and there are going to be teams who get to take advantage of your weakness. And, and I don't know that the Rockets have the same ability. What are you going to do? with Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, and JaVale McGee. You know, what are you going to do with Jokic? What are you going to do with Gobert? What are you going to do with Steven Adams? What are you going to do with Porzingis? What are you going to do with Jaron Jackson and Balanchunas? You know, what are you going to do if the Blazers make it and you have to deal with Nurkic? What are you going to do with Zion if the Pelicans make it? Like, 
like there there's still enough bigs mm-hmm. in this league where you the, the whole cute factor as you said i love you you know using that term is just it, it's not it, it again it will work in the regular season right this is not going to work in the playoffs yeah i don't think so either and and when i look at uh, you mentioned all those bigs. I mean, there are some of those teams that have bigger players in their backcourt than than uh, yeah. than the Rockets have in their frontcourt. I just I don't see it, and I I feel like in a certain way it's setting up for another excuse for Harden. So I'm with you. I would have him number two. Um, the obvious number one then is Patrick Beverly. No, it's it's LeBron. Uh, explain to me, in your view, what is at stake for him? Well, so I you know, interesting. You know, you talked about with with Sam who benefits from the time off. And, you know, this is the constant question that I've been asked and I'm sure you've been asked. And, and I, you know, turn to my experts, the, the former players and coaches that I work with, and I can't get a straight answer. A- a- everyone gives me conflicting answers on mm-hmm. do the older teams or older players benefit most? Some people say yes. Some people would argue that the older teams, and the older players are going to have the toughest time after four and a half months off when it's all said and done, right? And, and, and LeBron, you, you guys know this in Miami more than mm-hmm. anybody else. He is a creature of habit. Yeah. He had a way, particularly in those Miami years, of being able to ratchet things up at just the right time. And, and listen, LeBron, in my opinion, is the second or third greatest basketball player of all time. But he's also 35 years old. He's got more miles and more minutes on him than anybody that's ever played this game. And he's done it at at a very high level for a long period of time. I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm just saying, fact of the matter is, if the Lakers fall short of expectation here, what's at stake is, can he then turn around with just a a two-month turnaround and then go do it in year 18 at 36 years old? Yeah, so, I so think Jared. To, I think that's the bigger four championship is tough. Right. I think that's the bigger issue is next year. I, I, I the reason I think LeBron's going to be fine is that LeBron has developed a you know a training support system around him over the last sixteen, seventeen years that is better than anybody in league history. I mean, he has Mike Mancius with him. Um, I'm sure he's done the work with David Alexander. I mean, he, he is, uh, I don't, I agree. I understand what you're saying about a creature of habit and he, he worked himself up mentally for those times. And, you know, he would work his way into a season at times. We always saw him sort of hit peak in February. That was always his best month. And then, you know, and then it was kind of like, okay, then he'd sort of, you know, he'd taper it down just a little bit going into the playoffs, maybe take a couple games off and then, okay, playoffs, boom, we start. But I think that the people around him are probably so far ahead of everybody else in the league in right. terms of knowing what the plan was for him. And there's no question that he dedicated himself to it because he always does. I think he's going to be fine. I also think that there's a couple of other factors that are coming into play here. I think, you know, as much as he tweeted about it respectfully, I think watching, just watching Last Dance for him, I knowing yeah. him, okay? Yeah. I mean, his motivation level at this point is probably beyond what it's been since I would say probably 2011, 2012 after the debacle against Dallas and then 2016 trying to win that championship for Cleveland. Like I think it's, it's probably right there and he knows. And I think the way that this season's being framed now, which I agree with by the way, and Eric Spolster even said this 
that this season is harder. There shouldn't be an asterisk because this season is harder. This is the truest test of these guys from players to coaches to executives on who is the best player. And not only that, who is the best organization uh, to be able to sort of maintain things through the break and then rise up when you need it to rise up. So I feel, and, and also there's been the, you know, space jams coming out. He wants to be front and center. Uh, I just, I think he's going to be motivated like never before. I would not vote against him. I are bet against him. I, the only thing I would say is I don't trust some of the guys on his team. Now right. I think there are some veteran guys on his team because I do think we've always said veterans, you know, kind of, whereas young players will come to training camp pretty close to ready as long as they didn't party all off season, veteran guys use training camp to kind of get themselves back in shape. And then it takes, you know, usually till December. I remember talking to guys like Mike Miller and James Jones about it. it usually takes until like mid December before they sort of feel themselves. I think there are some guys on that team, whether it's a Rondo, some of the, and he was bad this year anyway, but some of the guys on that team, I think may take a little bit of time to get themselves to peak level. Um, but I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine. Right. I think his biggest issue, Jared, is that the biggest competition in the Western conference is the Clippers. And the Clippers basically gave the Lakers a head start this whole season by load managing. And now they won't. And that, that to right. me is the thing, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard at their ages, which is prime age, both with very strong motivations of their own, perfectly complementary players who were pretty dominant when they played together this season are now not going to have to take games off. And, and, and now right. they've had a long break. That to me is LeBron's biggest challenge. It's not, and, and let me throw the break. Let, let me throw another thing out there that that's a bit of an X factor. Some may argue this is kind of nonsensical, but it was going to be a thing. Had we had a, you know, traditional season or traditional playoff run, if we would have gone down the path of the Western Conference Finals being an all-L.A. series, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the one thing that would have stood out, every time the Clippers would have had a home game, it still would have been a home game for the Lakers. Right Now, a bit of an X factor here with no fans in the stands and you're basically playing in these small gyms, the, the, the Clippers eliminate that advantage from the – I'm not saying it's an advantage for the Clippers now, but they take that away from the yes. Lakers. That, yes. that Staples Center is their building and their fans would have dominated that building. It's, it's a small thing, but, but it's still something. But there are a lot again, of small things related to that, yeah. though, because another, yeah. one, another one that fits is that LeBron feeds off crowds, and so now he doesn't have a crowd. So there are, right. some of those little things um, do matter, I, I think, when, when you look at it. I, 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 I just think that the, the enormity of the pressure, and, and not to say that LeBron can't handle the pressure, but, but let, let, let's also be real about something here, okay? The, the NBA, from a financial standpoint, needed to get this thing going. But, but from a basketball standpoint, the fact that the, the two favorites to win a title this year were both in L.A., and what mm-hmm. that would do for not only the brand, but for television ratings, yeah. and, and you would have thought traditionally for, for ticket sales and all that, but for merchandise and everything else that comes along with it. Like, you wanted to make sure you give those teams an opportunity to be crowned. The fact that, that, that you listen, and, and I don't have this on, on, on from anybody saying this, but, but I, I could speak and say, I don't think Adam Silver wanted it on his record that one of the years under his tenure, he didn't give LeBron a chance to win a title which is right. why people use that against LeBron in the all-time great argument. It's a, it's a stupid, you know, superficial right. thing, but, but it's a big part of the, the culture and the conversation we have in the NBA, and, and it gets used against LeBron all the time. For him as a 35-year-old in these unusual circumstances, again, not making excuses for him, but if he doesn't win his fourth this year, I don't know that he does win a fourth. Right, 
Right. No, you're absolutely right. And he's not, he's not going to win the MVP this year. Um, although there's this late push from, I guess, clutch, clutch, clutch SPN uh, to, <laughs> and I say that with all due respect, because I, I like the guys do it. Oh, not, it's man. not just the guys. I like the guys and, and the women doing that on ESPN. Uh, and I also have relationships inside clutch, but I mean, it's gotten fairly obvious that they, it's yeah. like they, the further we get away from the season, it's like Giannis, wait, 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 who's that? I don't, I don't remember that guy. He, he play over in France. Um, you know, it, that's been the narrative that ESPN has been pushing. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it's – look, LeBron's going to be defined now by championships. Uh, the idea that he could bring a championship to a third organization uh, is one thing that, that Michael can't. And we can say, you know, in part because Michael stayed where he was, uh, but largely because of that, but is one thing Michael can't hold over him. And so right. if he can get to the finals and win – now, I know that, of course, if, if they get to the finals and they lose to Indiana in the NBA finals in Orlando – that, you know, that one's going to sting even more and, you know, right. in terms of going to three and seven. But I, I just think it's always about LeBron. Until LeBron retires, I always come back to this quote he gave me. It was in Phoenix. It was before the All-Star game. It was after LeBron uh, won his second – won his first. It was 12-13 season, I believe. And I asked him about him and Durant. And I asked because Durant was still in OKC at the time. It was right before All-Star Weekend, and I said, you know, when do you think Kevin starts to get the pressure that you got in Cleveland? And he said, he won't. It's always about me. He said, people care more about me winning. I guess he must have won the two at that point because it was, it was 14. The people care more about me winning my third than they do about Kevin winning his first. And he didn't mean it disrespectfully. He meant it because the pressure is always on him. And so yeah. until, until he retires, it is on him. Um, and so it is again, Jared, appreciate you taking the time again, follow yeah. him, uh, on television, NBA TV, obviously sideline reporter, uh, when all that stuff starts to get going again and, uh, and all of his Twitter, what's the, what's the Twitter handle again, Jared at Jared S Greenberg. Yeah. I want, want to make sure I threw in the right, uh, the right <laughs> middle initial. Yeah. Everybody forgets mine too. Cause it's not really mine. Jared. Oh. Thanks, man. You got it. This is a lot of fun. Thanks, Ethan. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.